Welcome to the KPMG Tax Now podcast. In this podcast, we explore some of the more complex matters across tax, economics, regulation, and compliance. Each month, we meet with KPMG's foremost experts and other special guests to unpack key issues faced by taxpayers around the globe. Hello, everyone. My name is Georgia Kingseam, and I'm a partner in KPMG's Accelerating Business Growth Group, and I'll be your host for today's podcast. Today, we're going to talk about the role of data and data analytics, and when it comes to developing and delivering an effective R&D strategy. And with me today are two directors in our group. Amanda Tetanata is based in Perth, where she leads our Western Australian practice. And Matthew Osborne is based in Sydney, having spent the last five years in San Francisco and Silicon Valley with KPMG. Now, Amanda has worked together across a range of companies from startup to mid-market to multinationals. So a great person when it comes to having the full spread of looking at R&D claims, as well as translating knowledge into industries. Amanda has qualifications in microbiology and accounting, and her interest in data and technology stems from having two technology-obsessed young boys. Whilst Matt, from his time in the US, supported a number of Australian companies with their entrance into the US market, as well as some of the world's most innovative technology companies. Previously, Matt worked closely with internal teams within KPMG that specialise in data analytics to develop custom solutions for his clients. Matt has qualifications in accounting and biochem and describes himself as 100% analytical, 0% creative. And I have to say, Matt, I fall into the same boat. Uh, There isn't a creative boat in your life here. So, look, around today's topic, quite simply, data is everywhere and its ubiquity is part of the problem. Knowing what, when and how to use it is key. For instance, I'm sure many of our listeners would have heard the phrase correlation is not causation or recognise that not understanding limitation of a data set can be catastrophic. To give you an example I heard last week, if I survey 100 Russian roulette players, I would conclude that since all 100 are alive, it's completely safe to play. Now relying on that data could prove fatal. So in today's podcast, we're going to explore two areas of data that may help you make better decisioning when it comes to your R&D strategy and within that more specifically your R&D tax claim strategy. The first of which is collection and use of data to improve government support for innovation, which Amanda will speak to, and then use and data and data analytic tools to reduce the level of effort and increase confidence in your R&D claims. So these are quite big topics in their own right, but we'll just try and cover the, the basics today. So Amanda, you ready for your first question? Hi, Georgia. Go for it. Okay, so look, how will, how will collecting data for my R&D claim change the level of government support that I get? So... From our perspective, there are two key aspects. So firstly, is around tax transparency. As you are aware, and probably our listeners are aware as well, there are calls for more transparency from our regulators. So with the various tools and technologies that are now available to capture data, some of which Matt will touch on, there are no more excuses for poor record keeping. In addition, having a clear governance policy and procedures around your R&D claims will assist in defending your claims in the event of a review. And the second aspect to this, and this is something that we have been working on with our clients um, and transitioning a a lot of our clients into what we refer to as real-time tracking of R&D claims or real-time process. So the benefit of doing your R&D claims in real time is firstly for companies that are in refundable position, they will be able to better plan their cash flow by understanding and projecting potential cash refund as well as completing the R&D claim process as soon as the financial year is completed. Now, for those who are eligible to access the new R&D premium deduction um, provided by the new intensity measure, 
tracking your data in real time will allow you to see how you progress against that intensity and whether that you'll be able to have some of your R&D amounts fall within the higher premium margin. The other benefit that we see from our clients um, is around identification of opportunities for other types of funding. So uh, what, what we do as part of our real-time tracking of our claim process is also understanding what other projects are in the pipeline. So often from that, discussions with our clients, we're, we're able to spot opportunities for potential, you know, for example, grant funding that might be uh, applicable to them in addition to R&D. So look, one of the, there's a couple of things I'll pick up on there. On the tax transparency, one of the th- comments I often hear from companies is, yeah, we're small, we, we, can't, we don't have the resources to do that. Uh, and that sort of plays a little bit into the real-time tracking as well with those in a refundable position. If, if they're serious about their R&D and they're looking, particularly if they need finance, then that real-time tracking of their claims and the ability to say how much they're spending on R&D, that's going to give rise to a better position for them to get finance. At the same token, the level of documentation required when they say there's no, when you say there's no excuses, you also have to think there's a lot of mechanisms out there to track. It might be emails, it might be formal tools. Um, I tend to agree with you. I don't think there are any excuses anymore. Mm, absolutely, and you're right, Georgia. It doesn't it doesn't really matter in terms of the size of the company. Sometimes, you know, the, the smaller startups are actually pretty savvy when it comes to technology and tools. And you'd be amazed how much more better the, re- the documentation gets after there's been a review by a regulator. <laughs> so, look, another question I have for you is um, when, what do you mean by benchmarking when it comes to R&D? Yeah, so, again, there are a couple of different ways to look at benchmarking. Firstly, benchmarking, um, you can consider that uh, by looking internally. So benchmarking against your own R&D claim history to see trends in your project development, what works, what doesn't work within your R&D project streams. In addition, through um, looking at your R&D claim, R&D tax claim history, you can also identify key areas of risk. You know, for example, if majority of your R&D claim is in the consultant expenditure category, then you would want to make sure the on own behalf requirements are well assessed and documented. If it's salary and wages, then you need to have a robust process to document time against your R&D activities. Now, the second part as well, um, the second part around benchmarking is, and, and we often hear this from our clients, uh, questions around how do, how do we measure against our uh, other companies that are in a similar space to us in the industry? So benchmarking against industry, we can do that by leveraging on publicly available data such as ABS, and potentially with the as part of the new measure that was introduced recently, ATO will publish information about R&D entity, entities that have claimed notional deductions for R&D activities, including the amounts claimed. So c- combining those as well as potentially anonymized R&D claim data from our own client portfolio in various um, industry sectors, we would be able to provide some insights around how does a company stack up against their peers in the industry. And I think the ATO is going to start releasing that data um, from next year sometime. And probably really importantly for a lot of companies, if you're talking to your board uh, and they know that uh, the the industry as a rule claims uh, X amount in R&D and you're not, then it does beg the question, 
is your business sufficiently investing in R&D? And if it is investing in R&D and innovation, why isn't it claiming a benefit for it? That's spot on, Georgia. So, yeah, we can see there's a lot of benefits by understanding and benchmarking against the internal R&D claim, as well as looking at the, the broader picture. So from that point of view, I mean, what are three things that I could do today if I was a business to help um, my business more generally and its R&D strategy? Yeah, so for me, the three things probably firstly, because with data, as you pointed out at the very beginning, sometimes you can get lost in the volume of information that you have. So for companies, you need to have a clear strategic framework and um, where you identify key areas where you want to focus on your R&D data strategy. Second, uh, from our experience as well, dealing with companies that are in this space, it's important to assign dedicated personnel to manage your R&D data strategy with carefully assigned roles and responsibilities, to have someone to lead the charge um, and to ensure the implementation of your strategy is, is key to the success. And finally, you need to properly set up your data environment. The challenge with data sometimes is it depends on the type of data that you have. And if you don't set it up properly, it might not be able to be usable by uh, others in the future. So I like the FAIR principle that I commonly use for scientific research. That is, you have to make sure that the data is findable, uh, accessible. Um, there's also interoperability within the data and also reusable. So then that's the FAIR principle, which, and is that, oh, sorry, FAIR principles, and that's, that's well known across the industry? That's right, especially for scientific research. So, um, and, and that is something that you can translate basically from looking at applying that principle purely on scientific research and um, applying it broader in terms of your tax strategy. And look, that's, that's quite important because particularly for R&D tax, part of the legislative requirement is that the R&D follows a systematic progression of work based on the principles of science, which means if you're not looking at fair principles and you're not applying them, you're doing something wrong. Absolutely. That's spot on. <laughs> Thanks, Amanda. And look, that sort of segues nicely into, Matt, what I'd like to ask you about is, okay, right, we understand the, the value of, of data and the importance of making sure that we do follow scientific principles and we do keep the data and we, we know what we're doing. But what tools are available that are going to allow us to reduce the effort and increase confidence in that data? Yes, hi, Georgia. Good to speak with you today. And um, there are a number of sort of evolving technologies that can be used to, I guess, um, analyze various forms of data, whether that be sort of technical records or more um, numbers-based information. Our team so certainly has um, experience in um, using a number of these tools to assist with our clients' R&D claims, including Microsoft Power BI, which is, is capable of providing data visualizations um, based off various uh, spreadsheet data, such as from Excel. Um, this provides excellent visualizations for key stakeholders regarding certain aspects of their R&D claim. We've also had experience using Alterx to assist with data preparation and blending. There's also a, a data analytics capability to Alterx that can be used to provide various insights. And quite recently, we've um, worked with IBM Watson to develop a capability to assess our clients' technical documentation in relation to their projects 
interestingly, this can provide really key insights regarding the level of documentation around certain projects and also um, assess potential gaps in documentation. As a business uh, investing in R&D, I know I'd be sensitive about where my data is going. So in using these tools, are there any concerns or issues that come up about uh, where the data goes? Yes. Yeah, so just in that regard, um, the data is typically held onshore within KPMG databases. However, if there was ever an instance where it had to be transitioned offshore, we would certainly inform our clients around um, where exactly that data would be uh, located and, and stored. Thanks, Matt. So I, I suppose the same question that I had for Amanda, which is what would be the, the, the three things that you would recommend companies do when it comes to using uh, tools to, to improve their, their R&D strategy and their R&D tax plan? Great question. So I think the first thing that uh, any company should really do and ask is um, are we are we leveraging the data that we that we generate as part of our business operations to the greatest extent we can? If not, what technologies can we then start to implement or leverage to allow us to um, provide certain insights and to support our r and d claim? in the event that um, it is subject to audit. To that end, it's important that companies have the right resources to deploy these technologies and to leverage the power of these technologies for the ultimate benefit of the company. So Matt, look, that's that's great, uh, I suppose, in the abstract, but what does that look like in practice? How does a company even try out these tools without either incurring a huge amount of money or, or where, do, where do they even start with this? In the first instance, we're able to provide demos of some of these tools using dummy data. We can also implement quick and efficient um, pilots of these technologies using our clients' data so that then they can decide whether they wish to implement at a larger level to determine whether it's really appropriate in their circumstances. That's all we have time for today. So my thanks to Amanda and Matthew for their time. If you'd like to get in touch, please send an email to kpmgtaxnow at kpmg.com.au or you can find us on the KPMG website. Just look for Accelerating Business Growth. My name is Georgia king and It's been my pleasure to host today's podcast. Thank you all and have a lovely day. Thanks for listening to another episode of the KPMG Tax Now podcast. If you'd like to ask us a question, please send us an email at kpmgtaxnow.com at kpmg.com.au. Be sure to subscribe at kpmg.com forward slash au forward slash tax now or follow our LinkedIn page, KPMG Tax Now Insights. That's all for now. We look forward to sharing more insights with you soon.